It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caliger, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of Sal's, uh, the other day I got a, uh, uh, a text from somebody and they said, oh, look, Sal posts his uh, specials uh, up on uh, Facebook. And he sent me a picture. And let me tell you something. If I ever wished that I was there for a special, it was the other day. Nope, nobody loves Monogod more than me. And he had it as a special. And uh, uh, I uh, wish I was there. But anyway, today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Uh, get yourself a copy right now. Find out what all of the hubbub is about, bub. Uh, find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. You can pick up a copy right now where you're watching or listening to this very show. Just visit BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. Uh, if you want a signed copy, drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, and I'll hook you up. Remember, uh, if you do reach out uh, to me directly for the book I'll even uh, not only will I sign it but I'll give you a discount on the price um, a lot of people think that if they email me and then order it through you know Amazon or Barnes and Noble that they could get, still get it signed unfortunately you can't so if you want the, the uh, a signed copy you gotta gotta reach out to me or just come up to me if you see me at an event I usually have them. and finally today's show is being brought to us in part by our 24 7 television uh, channel, which is uh, uh, located on uh, Ginico USA. Uh, their service, uh, which is a network available on uh, all of the streaming platforms, Roku, etc., etc. Sign up today for free. Just visit uh, GinecoUSA.com. Um, let's get into it. Uh, I-, I wanted to talk uh, about the big fights, of course. Um, that took place uh, last night. First and foremost, uh, let's talk about the Keith Thurman fight. Uh, Keith Thurman uh, remarkably was able to keep a belt uh, after being out of the ring uh, for over two years. Uh, and last night he improved to 29-0 uh, and 0 with 22 knockouts when he won a majority decision over Josito Lopez. Um, first of all, I'm not, I'm not so sure about the score. Um, one judge had a 115-111, which I'm okay with. 117-109, which I'm not too crazy about. But the judge that scored it 113-113, I don't know what fight they were watching. Um, but here's the thing. I could see doing that score because Thurman was running the whole fight. I mean, he was backpedaling. Now, you could say it was boxing. You could say this. You could say that. But, you know, I, I saw a guy in Keith Thurman. Now, I was a one-time, no pun intended, a fan of his. 
Um, but I've I, 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 he. He just doesn't look impressive to me. Yes, he had a jab. Yes, the early rounds he looked sharp, uh, but he took too many punches. There is really the only defense he uses is his feet. He runs, and he and he. I shouldn't say run like a Floyd Mayweather run. He he backpedals around the ring. Um, I think Josito Lopez's inability to cut the ring off, if he was able to cut the ring off, he, he, he might have stopped Keith Thurman. And the reason why I say that is because when Keith Thurman was taking the shots from Josito Lopez, which incidentally is a much smaller fighter with a lot of miles on him, um, you know, he, he landed flush. And, and Thurman, you know, his answer uh, would either be, you know, th throw a quick uh, punch in retaliation or run. And to be honest with you, I, I, I wasn't impressed. Joining me right now, uh, who I don't think was impressed with the fight either, was uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky Senicolo. Good morning, Sal. Hey, good morning, Bill. How are you, buddy? Oh, not too bad. I, I think I'm uh, feeling better than both Josito Lopez and Thurman. Uh, any I'll thoughts? Well, my thoughts were this. I'll I tell you what, I saw some good highlights of the fight. We uh, Keith Thurman, you know, he... he he does use his legs. He does not run. He avoids punches. He he takes his style. He uses his jab. Uh, but uh, Lopez, you know, was a gamer. He, he he tried to do what he had to do to track to cut the ring off to to get some arsenal going and and uh, hit him with some combinations. But uh, all in all, I I think that uh, Keith Thurman. I just want to know how did he. Was able, how was he able to keep his belt for two years without being in a ring? I, I don't understand that. It's today's boxing. And, and you know what? Uh, let's call a, a spade a spade. You know, it was the PBC on Fox. Now, number one, I, I love the fact that we get to watch uh, fights on, on uh, you know, network television. I, you oh, know, yeah. So, so I love it. But, you know, I, it, Fox needs to change. I mean, it, I, I thought if, if you would have blindfolded me and put me in the room and, and when the fight was about to I, I would have thought I was watching an NFL football game. They don't change their their little music and all that. It, it's the same stuff. That's number one. Chris Myers, um, I, he's the wrong guy for, for this as the, you know, blow-by-blow uh, blow guy. He's, he's the wrong guy. I mean, Lennox Lewis was there. He was great. Uh, I have no problem with, with Lennox. And yeah. uh, they had uh, uh, the trainer uh, from uh, California in there. He was, he, he wasn't, he, he was a no-nonsense guy. Uh, but Chris Meyer, he refers to ring generalship, Sal, as ringmanship. Um, and every other breath that they said, they would refer to Keith Thurman as the champion of the world. You know, we got to stop with that because the champion of the world, in my case, in my opinion, would be uh, a, a fighter that has an undisputed title, meaning no other belts in the division, no other major belts in the division. And now they need to just refer to this, Sal, as, you know, a world champion or a belt holder. But to continuously say that it was a champion of the world, that's totally wrong. And and finally, the the last thing I want to say on the net, on the network broadcast as well as the PBC is that it seems to me, Sal, that they that they gear these broadcasts to the unknowledgeable boxing fan. They're trying to build it up that you know, champion of the world. He's this. He's that. You know, and and I get the whole PR thing. Don't don't get me wrong, but you know, knowledgeable boxing fans would notice what I noticed right away. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Oh, well, 
absolutely knowledgeable boxing fans are smart. They're they're hip with the game. They know the the uh, dialogue, the language, the the sayings, and uh, you know it's 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 bad when they have to question or they have to look at well, what's this guy saying or what is this idiot talking about? And you know, uh, you, you think these guys would have a, a little meeting in their little rooms here before a fight or uh, some type of intermission just to you know cross the t's and check the eyes a little bit, you know, and uh, just uh, just to make it sure that that. These guys are coming about and, and sounding articulate, sounding knowledgeable, and sounding, you know, uh, ringmanship. You know, <laughs> they yeah. know their ringmanship. That's what that's what they uh, that's what they say. I I got a super chat from uh, from my man Joel, and Joel, I, I, you know Joel. you know the rules. I mean, if anybody gives us a super chat, um, we uh, we will read what they say. And and as as much as I it pains me to say this. Uh, Joel is uh, wanted to wish me a happy birthday, which was uh, uh, this past week, and uh, I want to thank Joel for uh, taking the time of doing that. But unfortunately, when you get to be Sal's age and mine too, um, uh, you, you don't really want to pay attention to birthdays. But uh, well, anyway, that's nice, Bill. We want to wish you a happy birthday. Well, I, I don't need. I don't. Uh, you know, it you know what, if you were at my restaurant, we'd serve you the cheesecake and we'd be singing your song and ringing a bell. I want them on a guard. When I, when when Alex <laughs> sent me when, when, when he sent me to, last night, it was uh, unbelievable. When uh, when when Alex sent me to that, I was like, oh god, you know, when <laughs> when when am I going down again? But uh, uh, anyway, thank you very much, Joe. Uh, getting back to the fight, you know, there was several things that I I, I need to mention about the, this Keith Thurman fight. Number one. You know, uh, Steve Willis is one of the. I think he's one of the worst referees in the sport of boxing, and what and and that's just a matter of opinion. He did slow it down. He wasn't. I didn't. At least the camera wasn't on him with the googly eyes and the dancing and all of that. So that wasn't as nerve wracking to me as he, as he knew, usually is. But what was nerve wracking? And I want to get your thoughts on this, Sal. After several of the rounds, Willis would pat Keith Thurman on his butt. I mean, to me, you know, a referee should be uh, the third man in the ring, but they shouldn't show any any kind of, you know, favoritism. I, I mean, that's been my problem with, with uh, uh, other referees in the past. You know, they clearly have a, a favorite in the fight. And, and yeah. you know, I, I just thought that that was – I mean, if you're fighting somebody, Sal – and after, as you're walking back to your corner, you know, you can't help but notice that the referee's patting the other guy on his ass. Wouldn't that piss you off a little bit? It pissed me off. And it also say, well, how many guys am I fighting tonight? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, really. But, and, Bill, kid you not, that does happen. I mean, sure, the referee. Yeah. Now, years ago, the referee used to be able to score a fight too, right? Yeah, and actually they still do in, in England. Yeah, in England. And, uh, you know, that would be, a, like I said, how many guys are you fighting in that ring that night? And, uh, you know, it, it, when you see a guy showing favoritism like that, it, it, it's not all that good for the sport. And, yeah, it would it would upset the other fighter. And well, what's wrong with me? You know, and, no, TV. But, uh, but and don't get, don't get yourself. Referees do have their favorites. And, uh, you know, and I, I'd have to say that many times uh, um, I, I was some referees' favorites uh, many times. and uh, But they wouldn't show it, not back in the 70s and 80s. They wouldn't show it at all. But uh, I can tell you, 
um, uh, it, it, it was just the, the way it went. And uh, But we didn't get any pats on the butt. Well, Keith Thurman, uh, he did drop uh, Josito Lopez uh, with, a, uh, with a solid left at the end of the second round. I thought the fight wasn't going to go on much longer than that. But uh, to be honest with you, uh, Josito Lopez came on stronger. Thurman started to fade. Make no mistake, Keith Thurman is a very skilled boxer. Um, I, I, I just think he needs to work on his defense. His defense, his up-close defense. Not, I mean, all he does is run out of the way. You know, uh, something that you-know-who made famous. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why the scorecards that specifically won uh, was uh, was as close as it was. I had somebody in the chat room uh, mentioning that they wouldn't have minded it if it was a draw either. Um, you know, I uh, I've always liked Josito Lopez. When you look at Josito Lopez, I mean, this guy has been in some wars. He he's fighting at 34. It was a welterweight, but he clearly uh, the the biggest weight class he should be in uh, even now uh, towards the end of his career would be junior welterweight. Um, you know, he's fought at uh, lightweight, and, and I even think below. Uh, he's been in there with some tough guys and lost to some tough guys, including Saul Canelo Alvarez, Marcos Medina, Jesse Vargas, uh, and uh, Andre Berto. He's got some good wins against Miguel Cruz, uh, also uh, Victor Ortiz, uh, Aaron Martinez, uh, Mike Arenudis, uh, you know, and Miguel Cruz with his last fight going into this one. But uh, I'll tell you the truth. My analysis uh, after this fight with Keith Thurman, I don't think he stands a chance with Errol Spence, with Manny Pacquiao. We were talking last week about Manny Pacquiao and people saying, oh, you should fight this one, fight that one. I don't think Keith Thurman can beat Manny Pacquiao, even 40-year-old Manny Pacquiao. So I would pick Pacquiao over Keith Thurman's, Errol Spence over Keith Thurman, um, Definitely Terrence Crawford over Keith Thurman. Mikey Garcia, uh, who's going to fight Errol Spence at welterweight. I would pick him over Keith Thurman. And I got news for you. If he got to fight rematches with Danny Garcia or uh, Sean Porter, I'd pick both of them over him. That's how much I think he's dropped. And i tell you another guy I would pick over Keith Thurman, Sal. A guy that you fell in love with, Jeff Horn. I think his, his uh, uh, attacking style um, would catch up with Keith Thurman. And, uh, and and put him out. I, Keith Thurman is not the same Keith Thurman. And really, when you dissect his uh, resume, you know, Danny Garcia and Sean Porter, two wins. I, I thought he lost both of those fights. Uh, Louis Colazzo was, was giving him all he could handle before that fight stopped. Uh, so he had he has a win over Colazzo and Robert DeGos Guerrero. Leonard Bundu was a fighter he fought uh, in 2014 who had uh, was a, not a knockout puncher. Couldn't put him out. And uh, uh, went the distance with him. I, I mean, really, those are the big names on his resume. And I don't think he could beat his last two opponents, not counting Josito Lopez. I'm talking about Danny Garcia and Sean Porter, if he fought him today. No, I'll tell you why. And that's what happens with, with time. Now, when was his, his, his last fight? About two years ago, right? Yes. Yes. When you are inactive for that period of time, two years, and you go back in the ring, you know, you, you do have a lot of rust you have to work off. You have to take care of your uh, ringmanship, uh, pun, pun intended. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you have to, you have to get your, 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 your legs, your sea legs back under, if you will. And, uh, you know, just get your distance, your range, 
your feeling of the ring, your command of the ring. And, uh, you know, that happens innate. You, 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 you have that skill, that ability. But when you let it sit on the shelf for two years and you're supposed to be a world-class fighter and go in the ring with anybody and everybody, you know, and, and your skills are not as honed in, you know, this is a great learning curve. And, and, and welcome back to the pro ranks here. Uh, to, to world-class fighting for Keith to, to heed to. And, you know, I thought he, he had some good defensive skills, even close uh, early on, uh, even inside, uh, you know, fights ago. And, and uh, sure, uh, he's got to sharpen those skills up. And that's going to happen. Now, if he fights within six months or three months and he starts to get back on track, we can see it. But uh, you're, you're right. You know, the Manny Pacquiao we saw fight last week, or whatever, you know, with that aggressive style and nature and, and just those punches coming in bunches and his relentless attack, you know, it would be hard to see Keith Thurman uh, dance around for 12 rounds. I don't care what style of fighting he wants to use, but I think like the, the barrage of punches coming at him from a Manny Pacquiao would have told a different story if it was those two guys in the ring last night. Let me let me ask you this. we got a lot of fights to talk about, and I'm going to apologize in advance uh, for all the peoples out there that have sent me emails. I only got two because I forgot to print the other ones out. So I, I promise I'll read them uh, uh, next next time. But, uh, you know, the one thing I noticed that uh, Josito Lopez was, uh, was doing wrong and something that he could have, if he was doing it the correct way or even a couple of times, may have uh, thwarted. Uh, Thurman's uh, what he what I would assume and call Keith Thurman's defense, which was you know rolling uh, to his left. So if you're watching on TV, it would be going to the right of the screen, right? So it was Keith Thurman's uh, to his left. He would constantly be circling to his left, and um, Thur uh, Josito Lopez kept following him around. Sal, if if yeah. you're a fighter and you have your opponent in front of you constantly getting out of harm's way by going to his left or even to his right, for argument's sake. I, I, you know, and, and I would have to assume that a fighter, especially a guy like Josito Lopez, who's been around for as long as he has, would know how to cut the ring off. How, how do you, what, what would cause a fighter to follow an opponent around versus cutting the ring off? Is there something that they're nervous about uh, what 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 prevented this guy from cutting that ring off? I, it just it boggles my mind. What's your thoughts? Well, and you know, I'll tell you what, Bill. That that, that too was a great note, great observation on your part. And I I, I I was quizzical about it. And you know, we we say that styles make fights. Well, also when a fighter fights another fighter's style, and uh. It's just trailing him around like a puppy dog or so and not actually fighting his fight to to look how to offset and to counter. You know, it's 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 signs of maybe uh, you you are not in the ring to, to win. And, uh, you know, you're, you're glad to be in the ring as an opponent. Now, I'm not suggesting that, that that was the case. But it is frustrating because most fighters on that level, and I could say most because if it was all, we would have seen Josito Lopez do what he should have done. That was cutting off the ring. But he was content about following him, being led by the matador 
to to just uh, be, you know walk in and walk around and waltz around a little bit. But no, a fighter knows how to cut off the ring, and by doing that, you're engaging in the fight and you're getting close. You're cutting off the corners. You're cutting out. You're cutting off ways to 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 have the guy run and constantly do that. So you're looking for the confrontation and the engagement of of exchanging punches. Now I don't know why he would follow that. That was definitely a sign of uh, uh, I I don't know. I, I I can't I can't imagine why he wouldn't cut the ring off to want to go forward and, and do that. He must have either not felt confident, must have uh, not wanted to en- engage and get into a heavy exchange with Thurman. I I don't know because that's all he had to do was cut, continue to cut off the ring and put Keith Thurman in a corner or against the ropes or just not give him so many ways to run out. Well, when he did get him up against the ropes, he did he did well. He did well. And I think Robert Garcia, one of the best trainers in boxing, failed to uh, to address the, you know, um, the lack of cutting the ring off. But a bunch of other fights we'll talk about uh, on this card, on the uh, undercard of, uh, of Thurman Lopez in the heavyweight division, uh, Adam Koznacki improved to 19-0 and with 15 knockouts when he knocked out uh, Gerald Washington uh, in the second round. Uh, Washington dropped to 19 wins, three losses, and one draw. Uh, Koznacki, if, if you guys haven't seen him, um, he's a guy that looks like uh, Baby Huey. Uh, he looks like he's the guy hanging out at the, the sitting at the same spot at the bar every night. Um, is not uh, what I would call a uh, chiseled guy by any shape, uh, any uh, means, or shape or form. But the truth of the matter is, is he can fight. And uh, I, 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 how could you not like this guy? I mean, he's just. You know, he, he's like a big version, a, a bigger version of uh, Tony Galento was back in the day. Tony, um, uh, Tony Galento. And he works hard. I mean, he throws a lot of punches, um, and, and, and I'm waiting for him to get a, a, a shot. He's a, he's a dangerous opponent uh, for any heavyweight. This is one of those guys I would love to see that fraud, the big fat pig, Jarrell Miller. Uh, I don't think he gets by uh, Kowalski at all. The official time was one minute and nine seconds of the second round, and that was, um, you know, him him meaning uh, Washington getting a, a, a really good break uh, because I thought that the fight should have been waved off at the end of the first round uh, when he was in serious trouble, couldn't even find his way back to the corner. And Harvey Dock, who was the referee, said to him, "Hey, I'm only giving you a couple of seconds here." Um, and um, he uh, he did and called the fight off because uh, uh, he was dropped. Uh, he wasn't in serious trouble in the first round. Uh, Kaznaki came back, let him get up to continue, and uh, said to him, he barely got up and said to him, I'm only giving you a couple seconds, and true to his word, he did only give him a couple seconds because he was in trouble again. Then he couldn't find his corner. I've never seen people have to help someone sit Sal, I've I've seen them assist a fighter in standing, but they had to assist Gerald Washington in st- in trying to find the stool that was right below his uh, uh, butt there. But uh, uh, it was a uh, very good win for Adam Kaznacki. And uh, the other fight on that undercard, well, before we move forward, Adam Kaznacki, I know you've gotten to see him fight. Um, yeah. And Gerald Washington uh, was a former world title challenger. At one time, he was... Uh, you know, had a lot of fanfare. Uh, he's in great he shape. 
Uh, no defense. You know, they showed a replay. And I want to ask you another technical question here, Sal. They showed a replay of a punch. And, you know, at first when you saw it live at real speed, Kaznaki, you know, lands a solid shot. Uh, but when you see the replay, you see that Gerald Washington saw it coming. And even Lennox Lewis said, you know, when we, when they were watching the replay, he, he goes, look, he sees it coming because all of a sudden you see him like kind of squint and brace himself for it. And he said, but he doesn't raise his hands to protect it. How could a fighter, Sal, if your reflexes are normal and, and assuming you don't have a ref, reflex problem, which is if you did, you shouldn't even be in the ring. What, what would prevent a fighter from, from, you know, if you see the punch coming and you have enough time to brace yourself and make a, a squinting your eye to try to protect you, why wouldn't you bring your hands up? Well, you know, one of the reasons, Bill, is maybe he was hurt earlier from a from a, a shot that, uh, you know, there is no excuse why you shouldn't. It's, it's, again, I use the term innate. That's part of the nature of it. You see a punch coming, you're going to put the hand up, you're going to you're gonna do what you can do. Now, the bigger guys, the heavier guys, they're not going to be so graceful with slipping and bobbing and weaving a punch, but they can still, still see it coming and they're going to put a hand up. And there's no excuse for that. And like I said, unless he was shaken earlier in the fight or from an earlier punch that uh, started playing with his uh, mindset, his hand-eye coordination, there's no reason why he shouldn't have been able to avoid that punch or put a hand up to to try to nullify it a little bit. And, uh, you know, again, those are all signs of, of uh, either uh, being in a ring uh, too long or, or being hurt early and and that's the whole thing because innately you're, you're you're trained you have the kinesthetic sense you're not gonna have to even think about it you see a punch coming you put your hand up and it, it just or, or your arm up or you're sweeping under it it's just uh one of those things so you know he's been in some big wars we've seen him fight before many times i like him he's, he's a gamer uh but uh you know when you are Getting hit with shots you should be able to block or or avoid. Uh, it's 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 time to think about some things. You know, I got a I got a thought, and it's like this. You know, you you mentioned something, and you say you know uh, over training and everything, your 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 reflexes become innate. Uh, you see a punch come and your hand goes up, you know, that becomes repetitive in, in sparring and training. Uh, hopefully your trainer's teaching you that. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing I noticed. Remember, Gerald Washington was a football player. So, therefore, all of the training that he had as a youth was, was – No, 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 no. At when he was – just I'm serious. With, with all the training as a kid playing football, and he played all the way up through the college level – until yeah. an injury, uh, you know, uh, prevented him from, from possibly getting into the NFL. Uh, and he turned to boxing. And, and we've seen a lot of other athlete sports, other sports athletes, I should say. I'm like dyslexia today. But uh, other, other uh, 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 you know, it's ringmanship. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's ringmanship. But, uh, you know, to have other, other athletes come from other sports and then go to boxing. So his reflexes, the types of training and exercises that he's done for years and years for football may train him to, to you know, uh, see the ball quicker than me or you. Uh, but in boxing, the lack of the, uh, the training might be a reason why his hands didn't automatically go up 
and but yet his eye kind of was getting ready for the punch. You know what I mean? I mean, any truth to that? Well, sure. I mean, you know, you, especially when you're coming in for from another sport like that, you know, let, let's let's not fool uh, around. You know, these athletes, it, it, it's no excuse for him. He should be well-schooled by now to, to have the ability. You know, I, even when people joke with me at the restaurant, they, they, they just sometimes come up with me. So I'm, I'm right there. I mean, I'm just, boom, right there. And, and it just happens. You know, your hands are up. Yeah, so when you you know, when you did that to me one time in a restaurant, you threw a punch at me and well you had a handful of flour. Who are you kidding? I, that's why I well, couldn't yeah, see. I, I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a, a, a soft cake punch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old Hey, you know why? Because I was showing you it was gonna be a powder Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. Most people throw a, a sand if you if you're gonna cheat, you throw a little sand. Sal watch out for Sal if you get into a fight with him. He he's, he's always got a handful of flour. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Adam Kozanaki, uh, uh in 19 and 0, a heavyweight to uh, to keep an eye on, and uh, you can't miss him. But uh, but keep an eye on him. He's he's a fun fighter to watch, and I hope he gets his shot soon. Uh, also on that card, King Tut Neam Bear. I think it's Neam Bear. I think is the way you pronounced it. Uh, improved to 11 and 0 with nine knockouts when he won a unanimous decision over Claudio Moraro, who dropped to uh, 23 and three. Uh, I think he actually, I think that was actually his fourth loss. Uh, the way the judges scored that: 114, 113, 115, 112, 116, 111. Uh, Moraro uh, got uh, deducted a low for a low blow. Got deducted a point for a low blow. Um, this fight was, um, I don't know what fight. The, whoever scored at 116-111. Uh, a lot of the early rounds could have been scored either way. Um, I liked uh, Nehemiah. Uh, <laughs> I like King Tut in this. Uh, but, you know, uh, the thing was, is you know, when he threw his punches, to me, and, and that's why I don't go by those punch stats, because I'm watching the punch stats, and I, they're – they're not accurate, to, in my opinion, because a lot of the uh, shots that King Tut were throwing um, were landing. He didn't throw as many punches, but when he threw them, they landed, and they landed flush. Now, in uh, Morio's defense, he came on very strong. Uh, his corner told him, you have to. And they were both in really good condition. As a matter of fact, Morero was a type of fighter that in uh, you know previous fights, he seemingly runs out of gas towards the end of the fight. That wasn't the case in this fight. As a matter of fact, I thought that he put on, he came on stronger uh, than King Tut did. But I, I thought the right guy got the uh, win. I, I know you didn't get a chance to see that. Did you see any highlights of it, though? I did see some highlights. And from what I saw, yeah, I agreed with the uh, the, the, the verdict there. And uh, it was it was good. It looked like there was some good action there. And, uh, you know, my, my, my guys last night, they were – vacillating on TV before we were, we were mobbed last night you know I'll tell you what the government getting uh, coming back and the, and the strike ending supposedly you know we, we have a majority a great great volume of our business uh, comes from uh, FLETSI which is the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center which is the largest installation of a government installation center in Brunswick, Georgia and, uh, and throughout the nation and, and the men and women of Fletzi and the instructors, we love. And, and they come in, and during the strike, we've been a little slower. 
Well, guess what? The strike in. Man, we 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 couldn't keep our heads above water. It was uh, it was uh, we were going down for the count many times. We picked ourselves up, and uh, it was busy. And you know, my staff, because of all the fights we do and we talk and all this stuff, they love it. And they they were watching last night on YouTube because I got well, now a smart TV. Bill, you haven't seen it. It's a real nice TV, and. Um, they were watching Muhammad Ali's greatest fights and Mike Tyson's knockouts and and Ali was fighting. We saw the thrill of Manila. We saw we saw this one. We saw that one. We saw Ali against Ernie Terrell, uh, and, and it was great, great night of fights. So we had a good preliminary showcase before the uh, main event of Thurman. So oh. no, some of those early fights I didn't see. Well, now 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 you can watch this show on your smart TV. Don't forget that. But uh, anyway, yeah, just go, you know, just uh, Roku and, and just go to GinecoUSA.com and figure it out. But uh, anyway, King Tut uh, is now, uh, uh, they said, is now, they, how, how did they put it? They announced it. He is now the WBC winner of their elimination. I mean, it was just so, no, no, it's, so, it's so, yeah, but at least it wasn't an interim interim belt, you know. Oh, no. God. But anyway, uh, some other fights that I want to talk about. Uh, another good one. I mean, if if you're into slugfests, if you're into guys that are standing in front of you, just letting it go, which I have to admit, I, I like it. Okay, and and, and don't you know for somebody that says, oh, that's not the sweet science, because they've been brainwashed thinking that what Keith Thurman did last night, running around the ring. And uh, the other idiot from years gone by who runs around the ring. That's not defense, okay? It's not defense. Defense is when you stand in front. It's a type of defense. but It's uh, avoidance. Well, well, the best defense that I like is when – it's no defense, no. The best defense I like is when you're standing directly in front of your opponent and you're landing punches on them and you're avoiding the punches coming back but you're in range to inflict damage on your opponent. That's defense. The guys that can move their head and move their bodies um, and, and still deliver a, a, a knockout blow, uh, that's defense. That's the sweet science. Running away where you can't land an, a punch on your opponent, but he can't land one on you either, is not really the type of defense that was, uh, in my opinion, which is considered sweet science. But... You didn't see any of that over on the DAZN, even though DAZN Network needs a lot of tweaking. I mean, uh, they're, uh, they left mics open, so you're hearing the camera guys talking. Oh, man, I lost my chair. Oh, this and that. Oh, this and that. All during, the, you know, they're, they're like going over uh, the other the commentators. But uh, uh, WBO junior middleweight champ uh, Jaime Mugaya improved to 32-0 and with 26 knockouts. Uh, when he fought Takashi Inoue, who loses for the first time in his uh, career. The way the judges scored at 120-108 twice, 119-109, all in favor of Mugaya, he was the busier puncher. But let me tell you something. I have no idea what kept Inoue up. And let me tell you another thing. This guy came back and was throwing punches. If you miss this fight, go back and watch this fight. The only disheartening thing about this whole fight was listening to the commentators talk about how Jaime Mugaya is setting himself up to fight 
uh, Canelo Alvarez. Now, Oscar De La Hoya was the promoter of this event, and obviously they're laying the groundwork for a showdown between Canelo Alvarez and Mugaya. But here's the part that bothers me the most. Canelo Alvarez recently fought as a super middleweight. He is signed, sealed, and delivered to fight uh, Daniel Jacobs in his next fight at middleweight, which I, which I, I can't wait to see in May. Uh, but Mugaya, as monstrous as he seems in the ring, is still fighting. He's a junior middleweight champion. So there's no question that he can make 160. But the, the fact is, is why would Canelo go after these kinds of guys? I, I think Canelo's hands are full against Daniel Jacobs, but, uh, uh, but that's a whole other story. What's your thoughts on a rock'em, sock'em, stand in front of you type of a fight? Well, well, then again, that was your style, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, and you know who taught me the best? I Like I said, I, I was fortunate enough to develop my style after being trained by several great world-class trainers, including the old school Chicky Ferrara. But, you know, there was a fighter. You can look him up, and, and we have talked about him. He schooled me, and we trained in Gleason's gym when it was on 30th Street and 8th Avenue. In the old days of... Uh, of uh, Gleason's gym with uh, Ira Becker and Bruce uh, that had it there. And there was Ali Stoltz. Ali Stoltz was an old boxing technician. Ali Stoltz fought, I think, Bob Montgomery for the title, Bo Jack. Uh, and, and this guy, he, he, in his year later years, in his 60s, when he trained me for two years, you know, he, he would he would always show me the inside style that he utilized. And he was right there. And he taught me how to just slip and be in position and counter and move. And, and then who also uh, furthered my advancement with that was Don Turner. And uh, like I said, uh, Richie Giacchetti uh, got me to just get in the damn thing, cut the ring off and just bang away. And uh, so... Like I said, I've, I've been, I had the opportunity to get schooled by some great, great trainers. And, uh, but the ones that stand out were Richard Giacchetti, uh, uh, Don Turner, and Ali Stoltz that taught me more about getting inside, cutting the ring off, slipping the punches, being in position to defend yourself with the counter and uh, have you have the one punch set up, the next punch for the combination. And, uh, you know, you don't see it as often today, Bill. And it's, it's because. A lot of these, and all these trainers, what they would always say when I would thank them, oh, thanks for showing me that. Thank this. That a light bulb goes on. They said, Sal, just do me a favor. Pass it on one day to another fighter. That's all what these guys would say. That's what they wanted as a thank you and appreciation. But you're not seeing that because a lot of those great old trainers, their, their art, their schooling, their, their uh, uh, experience has gone, yes, through the through the different uh, decades of training, but not all of what has been taking place is carried forward. And I think now I understand what these guys said was, "Hey, do me do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. Pass this on to some fighter one day." Listen, the biggest problem now is that the fighters that are on the top, and you know, because of all the sanctioning bodies we have, we have all these guys that are champions or whatever, but they don't fight each other. So they're always yeah, fighting, yeah. And, and the pool of fighters, you know, the pool of fighters themselves are so small compared to years gone by. So, you, you know, you get the top guys, they all hold belts. Then everyone else, the, the, the difference in talent between a belt holder and a non-belt holder, with the exception of a fighter that has to move up weight classes to get a shot, 
is so drastic. So these guys are permitted, the champions, the so-called champions, are permitted to, to make defenses against guys that shouldn't even be fighting for a world title, and they pound their chest, whereas none of them are fighting each other. I don't see Keith Thurman going after... Uh, you know, the guys I mentioned earlier, I don't see him go trying to go after uh, an Errol Spence or even a Manny Pacquiao or a rematch with Danny Garcia or Keith, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Sean Porter, Porter, you know, Terrence Crawford, Jeff Horn. I mean, instead he he, they, he picks a Jose, Josito Lopez, move up a couple of weight classes. Granted, he was out for two years, but uh, Thurman, his inactivity for whatever fabricated injury he had, um, he's he's done. He's not when he has to fight, and I don't know if he ever will. I mean, a, a sanctioning body lets a guy keep a title for two years without defending two it. Years. Um, I mean, I, you know, yeah. So it's a joke. But uh, anyway, just j just to uh, finish some thoughts on the uh, uh, Mungaya uh, card on Daz Dazone. Uh, uh, another fight that was uh, Sal Rocky Senecola esque was uh, um, Zhu Chan. In, uh, and uh, Jesus Rojas uh, fought uh, a, a slugfest. That's a that's a uh, an understatement. Um, and at the end, Chan came out ahead, uh, eleven and zero, uh, in that fight uh, with uh, uh, ten knockouts. Um, one eighteen, one ten, one seventeen, one eleven, one sixteen, one twelve. Um, with the way the judges scored that, I thought that that fight was uh, closer, but I thought the right guy won. Uh, on that one and then another one that was uh, very exciting uh, Virgil Ortiz uh, improved to 12-0 uh, and 0 with 12 knockouts when he scored a fifth round stoppage over Jesus Valdez uh, when he couldn't continue due to a cut uh, over his eye and um, the cut was caused by was deemed caused by a punch so the fight was uh, uh, stopped and uh, Ortiz got the uh, the win 23-5-1 uh, and one now uh, for uh, Valdez, so um, some very entertaining fights uh, over the weekend. Uh, at, uh, you know, uh, basically what I saw is I'd, I want to see more of Chan. Um, Jaime uh, uh, Mugaya is a fighter that I, you know I can't get enough of. I, I'd like to see Inoue again, Takashiki in Inoue. Uh, but when I look at uh, heavyweight division, Adam Koznaki has to be mentioned uh, in the discussions. Uh, with at least uh, some of these other so-called top guys. Uh, I would love to see him fight the big, fat baby uh, Miller, uh, Jarrell Baby Miller. Uh, I, I don't think Miller would beat Kaznaki uh, because Kaznaki throws a lot of punches, and uh, Miller does stand there. He does throw a lot of punches himself. It would be a, a very uh, action-packed fight. But uh, as far as uh, Keith Thurman goes, I wasn't impressed, even though he looked good against Josito Lopez. He did look good for the first half of the fight. There's no question about it. But I'm not impressed with this guy, and I was a huge fan. Um, unless he comes back and legitimately beats a top guy, which he needs to do, Sal, at this point, you know, he needs to beat a Terrence Crawford. I, You know what? I, if he feels he needs another tune-up fight, I'd like to see him in there with Jeff Horn. Uh, you know, and, and I say yeah, Jeff Horn. I say Jeff Horn only because he's so busy and he takes a lot of punishment. And I don't think Keith Thurman could take him out. I really don't. That You know, you, you should be a promoter, pal. Cause <laughs> let me tell you, you, mean, you mean get my promoter's license again? I've already promoted. <laughs> again, again. Let me tell you why. Because, you know, what? that would be an ideal fight for Keith Thurman. Uh, not that Jeff Horn is going to be an opponent. 
but going into it, he'd have to be the B side. And the thing about this is that would test Keith Thurman on so many levels. But you're right. Keith Thurman fans are going to want to see the very best of what Keith Thurman has left or has in his in his arsenal to be uh, utilized. And, you know, to see Keith Thurman in with a Terrence Crawford or to see him in with uh, even a Manny Pacquiao at this stage, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it might be a little bit more to chomp at the bit uh, that he, he cares to, to want to face right now. But I think Jeff Warren's an outstanding opponent for uh, Keith Thurman right now. And if that fight could be made, uh, the, he should be – Keith Thurman should be back in the ring within three months. He should be. But I know that's going to be very unlikely. Six months the latest. But we got to see more Keith Thurman. And, you know, let's give him the benefit of the, of the doubt. He had two years off. He's honing in on his skill. He's getting his, his fight mind back into the game. Let's see what he wants to show us. And uh, so I give him a pass on this fight. It was a good one for him. Um, I have been a Keith Thurman fan, and I think that uh, he still has uh, some ability and some definite uh, good years ahead of him or a couple couple good fights anyway. And uh, But I want to see him tested, and I want to see him see uh, I want to see him in his next fight. That'll be the telltale fight. This was welcome back. The next fight's going to say, where are you? And you know, but here's the thing. Fighters, uh, all fighters, from the time you start through your, your if you become a world champion, etc., you, you have to get better over time. Now, when you become a guy, when you become a guy like Manny Pacquiao, let's say, or Floyd Mayweather, and, you know, you've accomplished everything, you know, that you set out to and then some, and as you age, of course you're going to lose a step. You're going to lose something, okay? I mean, that's that that comes with, without saying, right? But um, but but in Keith Thurman's case, yes, he was off for two years. Uh, he's had some mystery injuries. He's had some legit injuries, but he's also had some mystery injuries. injuries. Mystery, like mystery. Mi mystery injuries, mystery accidents, you know. I mean, uh, he's made more excuses than, than most. But, you know, I didn't see much of an improvement from his last fight. I mean, his last fight in, in March of 2017 against Danny Garcia, I thought Garcia won the fight. And, uh, you know, he wins a split decision, Keith Thurman. The fight before that, although on paper it's a unanimous decision over Sean Porter, I thought Sean Porter won the fight. You know, so, I mean, those two fights, um, are the last two fights that, that Keith Thurman had, he displayed similar traits that he displayed last night. This guy's not getting better. And you say, oh, you'd like to see him fight again in three months. Yeah, so would I. But you know what? Fighters don't fight like that anymore. If a fighter fights three times in one year, you know, they're up for fighter of the year award. If you take that statement and think about it, and if you're a true boxing fan, not a PBC watching on Fox, uh, you know, fabricated boxing fan, because no disrespect, you really don't know anything about boxing if you think what you're watching and what's being shoved down your throat, although some of the fights are good, uh, Keith Thurman is not the champion of the world. He's, he's a belt holder, and he's holding one of the least valuable belts as it is. And this guy has not improved... It's dangerous for him uh, to not fight frequently. And you're right. If he steps back in the ring and fights another guy, he doesn't have to fight an Errol Spence or a Terrence Crawford, but if he fights another Josito Lopez-type guy or even go after a guy like Jeff Horn in three months 
and he comes out looking better, uh, then I would say, okay, you know, give the guy a break. But if he does the same thing, runs around the ring, tries to steal a victory, tries to steal a round, lands a couple of shots, then tries to admire his work, and he's in there with a granite-chinned guy, he's in trouble, Sal. Yeah, no, I, Bill, you're, you're 100% right on. And that's what I'm saying. I give him a pass for last night and his performance until we see his next fight. And that's all I'm saying. I think, I think he should. You know, a manager and a fighter, they sit down. They say, what's our goal? What are we going to do now? What do we have left to prove? What do we want to prove? What do we want to do? So you look at You sit down at the, at the war room table and you say, well, listen, we had this comeback fight. Here's what we need to do. We need to be back. We need to be active. We want to fight this guy in four months. We want to see how we do against him. And then from there, by the end of the year, we're going to fight Errol Spence. So we're going to do this. Or we're going to be back. And, you know, you, you sit down and you, you actively become, you know, uh, the, 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 the orchestrator that this is what I want to do and how I want to do it. And I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have that kind of counsel right now. Uh, or if he's just going to be like a, uh, an apple on a tree and wait to see who's going to pick him up and, and, and say, hey, we're going to get, we want to challenge Keith Thurman. We want this. We want that. Because right now, I'll tell you what, when last night's performance did show, there's not going to be too many top contenders or even other champions that are going to be that <clears throat> fearful of stepping into the ring with Keith Thurman and not walking out the victor. So, what that fight does do and what other fights do, it opens up the floodgates to say, hey, I'm not afraid of this guy. Let me show what I could do. Let me do that. So he's going to have plenty of opportunity to either be proactive and go out there and get his next strategic fight that's going to make him uh, uh, seem like the rust is, is dissipating and he's back on the scene on the world-class stage, ready to beat all a uh, world beater that he is, or somebody's going to come after him and say, hey, I want to fight Keith Thurman. Uh, I'm not afraid of him. So he's going to have plenty of opportunity. It's just not cherry-picking, but picking the most optimal fighter that's going to put him back where he needs to be on the world stage. Well, he's... Uh... He's not going to, he's, 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 he can't, listen, I already said it. I, I know damn well that he can't beat Errol Spence. He can't beat Kell Brook. He can't beat Manny Pacquiao. I don't think he wins a rematch with Danny Garcia or Sean Porter. I'm talking about if he fights next it's now, the way he fights. Um, and he, there's no way in hell he beats Terrence Crawford. And there's yeah. no way in hell... And, and I haven't even seen Mikey Garcia at welterweight yet because he's scheduled to fight Errol Spence. And I don't care what happens in that fight if if uh, Mikey Garcia decides to fight at welterweight again. I don't think he beats Garcia. You know, the, uh, the best fight for him right now, in my opinion, would be against Jeff Horn. And you want to know something? I'd put my money on Jeff Horn, and I'll tell you why. Because if Jeff Horn is a legitimate welterweight, he is a legitimate big guy, and he's a bigger version of Josito Lopez. He's a warrior. His hand speed is just as slow as Josito Lopez. His defensive skills are just as rotten as Josito Lopez. Um, but he comes and fights, and he's got a chin, and he's got more pop than Josito Lopez. And I've seen uh, Keith Thurman do the same thing that Josito Lopez did to him where he was uh, uh, in trouble, 
And when he just takes these shots, his hands go down, he starts backpedaling and doesn't throw anything back. Josito Lopez chasing him around the ring, winging punches, tired his ass himself out, and uh, and and then Keith Thurman came back the following round because poor because I'm sorry uh, because Josito Lopez had a rest for a round. I mean he was he was you know he was winded you know so you put him in there with a bigger guy, um, a, a legitimate welterweight. He doesn't. St- I'm telling you he he's not. He's not the same Thurman of four years ago. Keith Thurman four years ago, I loved him. I wanted him to fight anybody, and he kept kept dodging and ducking and and cherry picking. You know, sound familiar? Um, and uh, you know, uh, you know, here he is today. He lets the, the two years of his prime go away, and uh, you know, you put him in there with these top guys. He's not going to win. He's not going to win, Sal. I I I feel very confident that no, he could not it, beat them. That's why I'm saying you you pick. The fight that is it should be his next fight. That's Jeff Horn. Not taken away from Jeff Horn, but for all the reasons you said, Jeff Horn is a well-conditioned fighter. He can punch bell to bell. He's aggressive. He takes a good shot. I mean, you can't find a better opponent to test uh, Keith Thurman than a Jeff Horn. And, and I'm not just saying as Horn coming in as a B-side and, and, and as just an opponent. No, Jeff Horn's got a legitimate shot of beating a Keith Thurman and putting himself back on the world stage uh, in line for a title shot. So I think it's a great fight. And, uh, hey, man, maybe the maybe the promoters are listening to us right now. I think that's a definitive fight for him. Great fight. Well, we'll see. Like I said, I, I think that his uh, – uh, I think that he let his prime uh, years just, just, you know, go away. By, by not fighting, uh, that, that's that's what I think. But uh, uh, in any event, it's, at least you uh, had a prime, Nick. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think that uh, you know all the fanfare and the, and the way that the broadcast was talking them up. I mean, somebody that doesn't know the sport now. Now, granted, there could be a lot of PBC fans out there that watched the fight and saw what we saw. Um, and are you know are saying the same thing we say, uh, but the thing is, is uh, you know the way that the the broadcast was being presented, it seemed to me like I was you know making notes during during the show, and I'm saying to myself, you know, it seems like you know everything that's coming out of their mouths seems like it's geared for the uh, the non knowledgeable boxing fan, the one that happens to be sitting in front of the tube because it was on early enough. Uh, where they're like, oh, oh, look, there's some boxing. Let me watch it, you know. And and uh, you know, to me, that's the way it it seemed. I I don't know, you know, the diehard fan was making fun of you know uh, ringmanship just as much as I was, and and he was terrible. Chris Meyer was was terrible, terrible. And uh, I I hope there's zone. You know, I was doing some, you know, I, getting off the subject for a minute. I was doing some calculations. And, you know, I even took my socks and shoes off last night, Sal, because I was crunching some numbers, you know, and, and I'm saying, you, you know, and, and, and I'm saying to myself, you know, zone. okay, let's talk about, I, normally I don't promote anything, but I'm going to say zone. Now, I, I, I'll admit, I subscribe. You have to, you have to, if you want to see, um, you know, some of these big fights, and now that you got your smart old, t- your smart ass TV in the restaurant, you're going to have to subscribe too, so you can watch them, but, um, you know, here's the thing. Yes, they're, they're, I'm okay with them, you know, having their uh, cheesy uh, uh, broadcast team and, 
And uh, although I, I like Sugar Ray Leonard, but he should be more on the broadcast um, than, uh, you know, with that girl who should, doesn't know a left hook from a fish hook. But um, in any event, I started crunching some numbers. Now, they charge $9.99, so let's say 10 bucks a month. So let's just, for argument's sake, say that a million people subscribe, all right? One million. So one million times $10 a month, that's... Ten million dollars, right? Ten million dollars a month. So, so, so I, I just, I, you know, and that's, and I'm probably, I, I don't know if they have a million subscribers yet, okay? But let's say they do. That's ten million dollars a month, all right? So ten times twelve is a hundred and twenty million dollars in one calendar year, all right? They yeah. just signed Canelo Alvarez to a three hundred million dollar deal. Right, they're guaranteeing them three hundred million. I don't know what I forget the number that they guaranteed Anthony Joshua, but it's around that 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 number too. So you know they're tossing money around, guaranteeing all of these, and I'm saying to myself, where are they getting the revenue? They certainly don't have, you know. Uh, I, I said one million subscribers, and obviously if you triple that and you have three million, now you're up to three hundred million a calendar year, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, you don't have to pay them all in one year. I get it, but you know a similar situation happened in professional football back in the early '80s. It was called the USFL, the United States Football League, which I loved. I actually had season tickets to the Jersey Generals. Herschel Walker played in it. Uh, Jim Kelly played in a lot of great uh, Hall of Famers right now played in the USFL. But one of the things that stuck out the most was these outrageous contracts. And the biggest one, I believe, was a hundred and something million dollar contract that they gave uh, to uh, Steve Young, who was the quarterback for, I believe, the LA Express, if my memory serves me correctly. And they signed him to this outrageous deal. A hundred million dollar deal to play for the USFL, and he signed it and played. If you ask Steve Young, and they have, how much money of the hundred million dollars signed, sealed, and delivered legal contract that he signed with the USFL, you know what he's going to tell you? Nothing. He got a signing bonus, and that's it. So you know, all this money that they broadcast and they 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 tell you that fighters are going to make, it's real easy to get out of a contract, especially. If you're a network or a league, you know what you do, Sal? What's that? Ask for the money. Nope. You go out of business, and you yeah. and, and and then you you don't have to pay. And you know, I, to, so to see this network and to see the cheesiness of it at this point, and understanding that it's going to develop, I, I hope that it develops. And I and like I said, I subscribe to it. I look forward to it because we're forced to buy these streaming networks now. Um, in order to watch whatever promoters' alliances with that, which I have said many times. You know, you want to watch uh, Hearns with all his great fighters because he's got the best fighters under his uh, banner right now, uh, Matchroom Sport, then you're going to have to subscribe to DAZN. You know, if you want top-ranked fighters, you're going to have to subscribe uh, to ESPN+, Plus. you know, which I had to do. You know, if you want to, to deal with... Uh, the PBC and all of their smokescreen fighters that they have, all the all the fighters that basically are, are a whole bunch of frauds, well, then you watch Showtime or, or Fox because that's what we got, man. That's what we end up with, Sal. It's sad, but it's true. Well, it's true. And, and uh, I never would have guessed it. When you were telling me about this, what you see happening, here we are. And uh, it's 
you know me with technology. It's more confusing than ever. I don't know what to subscribe to. So I'm going to have paralysis through analysis and just sit back and wait till it throws on my lap. You know, I, but do, do you think that they can, uh, you know, do you think that the subscribers will be there? You know, you, you made a comment earlier when you talked about the uh, the networks and what they're looking like they're doing. Maybe not so much, I don't want to call it thumbing down, but if they're going after a broader market, uh, you know, whenever you do anything, you, you look at your market base. You look at what is the target market. What are you going to try and do? And are you going to uh, go after the masses by what's the best way to do it? By advertising or by making people feel more comfortable or welcome watching it, by dumbing it down. I mean, you know, uh, even tennis. I mean, tennis with the scoring of tennis. They came up with the scoring of tennis from the olden days to because uh, it was the sport of the elite and uh, the, the, the snobs. And they didn't want the peasants to watch a game of tennis. So they came up with the. 15 love score, the 30 love, the deuce, this, that, everything else, and match. You know, there's a whole thing there because they didn't want the average person to follow it. Well, maybe maybe the networks will see that they need to have everybody open to the idea. So so we'll change some of our terminology and get some of the uh, broadcasters to make people feel more welcome and not being just a smaller market of the boxing uh, fan that does know boxing inside and out. I don't know, Bill, but that's the whole thing. You got to look at your target market. You got to look at how you're going to appeal to these people and what you're going to go after. Because, yes, you're promising a lot of dollars to a lot of people. And for you to sustain it, you did the math right there. $120 million a year is not going to just do it for, for the contract. Yes, is it going to be uh, money coming in and available? Well, yeah, because you're not paying that all over one year period of time. So it's possible, you know, when you got to have a – a $5 million uh, uh, obligation here, you can take it over there. You know, it's just, it's the game of using other people's money. Or yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's a game of using the subscriber money because remember, they don't broadcast these for free. It costs them money to, to, to do that and everything else. Listen, we're going to take a break. I, we're scheduled to have Alex Papali join us. Uh, haven't gotten uh, uh, the go-ahead yet, but so Sal, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break. We're either going to have Sal back or Alex, so uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back. Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And um, I had received a message from my man Dax. And uh, I know he's having some uh, issues, but... Uh, I thought that uh, Alex Papali was going to join us, but he's not. So uh, we got Sal back. But hey, you know, I saw your little uh, uh, bottle. 
uh, in between uh, the Was show. And, and and listen, you want to know something? I've tried it. I've had it. I, I actually had that company. I tried to have them uh, um, uh, work with us, and, and they don't uh, do that kind of uh, advertising. But I did get uh, some of that, and it was really, really good stuff, man. That was a good wine, wasn't it? Well, I didn't try it yet. In fact, this was looks like someone here. tried it. Looks like someone tried it. It looks open. No, no, it's not. It's oh, open. oh, I thought that was the cork. Oh, okay. No, All right, no, good. no, no. That's sealed. Yeah. What happened, I got this in the mail the other day from a good old friend of mine who's originally from Italy. His name is Marino Romano, and he he sent me this bottle of wine. He saw it and he said, "Sal, I was thinking of you. It's been a long time. I haven't seen him." Well, you want to know years. some? You want not that I want to promote it, but but no. I'll give you some history. That yeah. that wine is actually an Italian wine. It's produced in Italy. They they yeah. invested in in some wineries there, and they uh, they're labeling it as Rocky Marciano wine, and um, it's good. I've I've had it. And uh, it's good. I, I I wanted to promote it on this show a little more than I want to right now, <laughs> but uh, they didn't want to. They they didn't want to. I said, "Hey, I'll do it. Just just send me a few more cases." And they, let, let me tell you, I've done some history research on it too, because there's a website you can go to. I think it's Rocky, RockyMarciano.com. It's Rocky Marciano's grandson that wanted to pay tribute to his grandfather, the late great Rocky Marciano, and. What they've done, Bill, they went to the village where Rocky Marciano's family is originally from. And it's a Montepulciano wine, which is a Montepulciano grape, which is one of my favorite wines. And they have the wine, the grapes picked there, and they make the process, and it does come from Italy. No. This is a bona fide, real Italian wine. And it's a Montepulciano di Abruzzo, so it's a great wine. Great one. I don't want to promote it either. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to take the camera of you. But but, but when I told my friend from Jersey, we're not going to open this bottle till he comes down and visits me. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll see him over the next couple of months and we'll pop this bottle. But I love it. I love the marketing. I love the story. And uh, you know the grapes are from where the great late Rocky Marciano's family's from in Italy. And and show and, put it up put it up on the camera again because they even have the forty nine. We know what that is, right? 40. This is 49 victories, yep. 49 wins. You know, and, and again, that uh, boys and girls, as my friend Billy C would say, that is only significant to the heavyweight division because no other fighter in the history of the world as a heavyweight has retired with 49 victories and no defeats. And after the last uh, fight, even by uh, our good friend Deontay Wilder, his blemish was a draw now. So even though he didn't lose, he still is not a perfect record of forty nine and no. Uh, no, that's that true. One. But you know the the thing uh, the thing is is if 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 you know when he's coming, let me know because I'll come down too. We can have some Monaco and I'll have a I'll have a sip Absolutely. of that. Absolutely, we'll have a. I, well, we, 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 we are gonna plan. We we are gonna be. I, I do plan on coming soon because we got to do some more uh, uh, filming yeah. uh, because uh, we're we're doing very well with uh, our uh, channel. And uh, we got to mix it up a little bit. But anyway, getting back to uh, some of the topics at hand, um, I've been speaking about uh, uh, Sean Porter and how I thought that Sean Porter uh, would uh, would be able to beat uh, Keith Thurman right now, um, which I I believe that he actually won the first fight. Um, you know the truth. The, what's oh. that? I love Sean Porter with his style. Oh. 
those scud missiles coming every oh, angle. I, I thought he beat. I thought he beat Thurman in the first I think, one. I think, so, I think it was. You know what? I watched that fight a couple times, and and I like. I'm a big Sean Porter fan. I I thought he could have pulled that off. I thought it, it could have gone his way. Did we watch that? Is, did Did we watch it at your place? You know what? I think we intended to. I think we um, we did not because I think uh, we did a post fight show. And uh, I think I watched it in my living room here. Huh. And uh, but maybe you know what? Let me let me. I I, I for some reason I thought we might have seen it uh, at your place. But anyway, um, Porter is scheduled to make the defense of his for, of his title, his first defense of his title, March 9th. It'll be on Fox again. Uh, and he's taken on uh, your Dennis Ugas. Now that's a good fight. Ugas is a is a is a tough fighter. Um, so uh, that's coming our way uh, uh, on uh, uh, in uh, in, in uh, March, and we also have uh, some good fights on uh, next week, which uh, I'd like to uh, uh, talk about a little bit later. Um, you know, uh, speaking of uh, uh, our TV station up on uh, um, Ginico USA, you know, check it out. Do me a favor. Oh, guess what? Coach is telling us, yeah. You guys did show that fight at South because he and his wife were there. Okay, that what was that on the undercard? Of, was that an undercard fight? I, yeah, I don't think it was a main main event. No, that was on the undercard of uh, ask Coach to help us with our memory. Yeah, well, he I'm sure he will in a sec here. But you know uh, what? That was a big fight. That, that I don't think that was the packet. Was that the Pacquiao Mayweather fight? I don't know. I don't know. But no. I thought I thought Porter. Uh, I, I can't remember anymore, but uh, but in any event, um, if you are watching, or if you haven't watched, watch, because I want you to check out the channel. Now, if you can tell me, if you're the first person that can tell me um, via email um, what was playing on our channel, uh, what show was playing on our channel, so you got to kind of watch it and 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 tell me what it was uh, on Monday night on tomorrow uh, on Monday night the the next Monday night which is tomorrow that would be uh, January twenty eighth uh, Monday night at eight p.m. If you could tell me which fight or show was being shown on our channel on Ginico USA tomorrow night at eight p.m. So it would be January twenty eighth at eight p.m. Um, and you're the first one to email me that information, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. I will send you a your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, and I'm in the mood of giving it away because if you send me an email uh, with your top active pound for pound fighters today, right now who your top 10 pound-for-pound fighters are today. Um, I'm going to randomly pick one out. I'm going to read them all, but I'll randomly pick one out and give you uh, a, your own copy as well. So uh, make sure you um, uh, do that right now. Billy at Talkin Boxing, uh, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G uh, dot com. Uh, coach is telling us it was Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, Jared Hurd against Oscar Molina. Uh, on uh, on that card, uh, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I kind of don't remember. Maybe it was all the scotches and the food that I was eating and drinking. But uh, uh, in any event, I got an email to read. 
Um, this one's uh, from my man Luke Thunder Breslin. He says, uh, uh, hey, Billy C., glad to see the show's going uh, from strength to strength. I enjoyed Dax's offshoot about the safety of the sport, sport in the last episode. Uh, something, though, is confusing to me. I had some friends around to watch the boxing over the weekend, and I was made to watch an MMA fight. The fight ended with one of the fighters uh, knocking his opponent down with a sickening left hook. Now, the opponent was clearly knocked out, but then the fighter mounted him and unloaded four hammer fists to the face, each one making the knocked-out fighter's head bounce off the floor like a beach ball until the referee shuffled over and put a stop to the attempted murder. I don't quite understand why this is allowed in MMA fights. I know Dax and Alex watch MMA, so maybe they could shed some light on uh, why the hell that's allowed. Uh, my other question is, who is your favorite uh, fighter of Italian-American origin? Um, well, I know that answer. Rocky Marciano, of course. It's not Jack Dempsey. He wasn't. He wasn't Italian. But uh, Rocky Marciano. But um, you know, in in MMA, that's Mancini. You love Boom Boom Mancini. Oh, that's right, Boom Boom Mancini. But my favorite. Well, actually, there's, there's several others too. Uh, yeah. But but I would say Rocky is there was so many great Italian fighters. Come on, man. Jake Lamada, Rocky Graziano. I mean, uh, we could go on and on. But uh, but I would say Rocky Marciano. But uh, um, let me let me tell you. And and I got news for you about Italian uh, fighters. There were several Italian fighters that had to change their name because at one point in the early yeah. uh, 1900s, really up through the the 40s and 50s. Uh, Italians were not treated so well. We were on the, the bottom uh, of the totem pole, and a lot of fighters, in order to just to get fights, had to change their names. There was uh, a couple, I, I forget their name off the top of my head, but there were a couple of t literally Italian brothers, there were, I think it was either two or three of them, that moved from Italy, and they changed their last name to Irish names because the Irish were, were more popular. It was, it, it well, was, it was Irish, pretty funny. Irish need not apply. You know, it, it was... It was it was uh, it was different time, different generations. You know, the Italians were looked upon as uh, as the peasants coming to the country, and uh, uh, many many times. I mean, I'm not saying this was the case, but even Italian actors and, and performers. I mean, the late great, my favorite entertainer, my favorite singer, my favorite all around uh, entertainer was Dean Martin. But even Dean Martin had a heck of a history. Dean Martin was born in Steubenville, Ohio. His parents came from Italy. They never spoke a word of English, and Dean Martin didn't understand English until he went to kindergarten. That's how he learned English, and that's why he was able to sing so beautifully in Italian. But Dean Martin and I shared a couple things, and not just our love for beautiful women. Uh, Dean Martin, you know, Dean Martin was a professional fighter, and you know what Dean Martin's birth name was? Dean Martin's birth name was Dino Crocetti. And if you look on box records, so you will see Dino Crocetti. He's there. And it's so funny because he fought until he broke his nose, and that's where our similarities ended. He said, the heck with fighting, I'm going to sing for a living. I never broke my Italian nose over 100 fights, and, and I said, the heck with singing, I'm going to fight for a living. Anyway, that's it. I, 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 I yeah. Well, you try and sing at your restaurant every night. But you know, another another one of my favorite uh, Italian fighters was Lou Ambers. Lou, Lou Ambers. Ambers well, well, Lou Lou Ambers, Lou Ambrosia, Ambrosia, I think oh. is. And uh, you know who was Rocky Marciano? Lou Ambers was his idol. 
which yeah. is which is amazing. But anyway, one of the in, one of the things with MMA, they do let the and and that's what turned me off it too, Luke. Um, I remember watching uh, a fight, an MMA fight, and it was they were in a cage, and the same thing, a punch knocked this guy out. He was out as he hit the canvas. His head bounces off the thing, and the guy jumps up on the on the uh, side of the cage like a WWE move. And comes right down with his fist right on his head, and boom, you know. And and after that, I just I got turned off by it. The other issue is they're allowed to to uh, tap out if they're conscious. So I think it was you know clearly um, it, it's brutal. And then yet they they claim that boxing is more brutal. I I don't like the sport at all. That, that's why very rarely you hear me talk about. I'll never it. watch. Yeah, I, I never watch it. I never watch it. In fact, I was invited, one of our local friends over here, uh, who, who trained me to make my comeback fight almost six years ago, uh, they promoted a big fight card in Jekyll Island, and it was MMA. And they had their little local favorite here. And what did he do? He, he, he was, it was a good competitive MMA fight, and, uh, but what he did, the guy was on top of him, and he had his leg, and he had his hand, and he, he snapped his ankle in half. He broke it. And, and I said, what the heck is that? Yeah, and, uh, it, 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 the, one of the reasons it's so popular, I swear, is because it's shorter. The fights last shorter. And I, I think a lot of younger uh, people, uh, they don't their attention span for watching a 12 or even, God forbid, a 15-round fight back in the day, um, they just lose interest unless it's a – you know, uh, uh, Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler style fight, but uh, and 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 the but the sad part about it though is most uh, a lot of the MMA fights are just as boring. I, Alex Papali and I called uh, a couple, and you know when they get in like a leg lock, you know there's not much action going on. But uh, anyway, he says my other question is, oh, I already answered that. Our our favorite Italian. So uh, uh, thanks for the email, Luke. Uh, I got another one. This one's from Coach. The guy who keeps oh, us he hey, keeps it he keeps us straight all the time, Sal, you know, with uh uh with facts, with you know, Good. since since our aging minds and you know, coach is so such a young kid. I mean, you know, he's he's uh what, in his twenties, maybe, maybe thirty, I don't know. I don't know. But then again Sal. he then he did then again he did retire. maybe I'm just, you know, uh schmoozing up to him for for, for a handout. But uh uh in any event, coach says uh, hey, Bill, just when I thought boxing was making some great moves like Matchroom USA, Top Rank hooking up with ESPN, and to me the future of the sport is the zone, the infamous WBC in another special kid glove bias move orders an immediate rematch between Tony Harrison and Jamel Charlo. He goes, duh, what's the justification here? A close fight and the desired guy didn't win? Um uh, you know, uh, let's let's move to the next topic after I comment. Uh, there's no reason, unless there was a a um, you know uh, something that was controversial, and I think Coach is right. I, you know, the the fact is is that boxing today there's too much emphasis on the A side fighter versus the B side fighter. In other words. The A-side fighter gets all of the ducks in his row. And the B-side fighter, unless they knock out the A-side fighter, chances are the fighter's not going to win, okay? In this case, the fighter didn't win. Charlo lost the fight. 
but the WBC wanted him to have the belt, so they're ordering an immediate rematch. I, I think that's ridiculous. What's your thoughts, Sal? Well, it shows bias, number one. Uh, because, you know, if that was the case, we should have seen an immediate rematch between Deontay Wilder and uh, his last uh, his last fight against uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, we should have seen an immediate rematch with uh, other great fights that we've seen. And, you know, it's it sometimes just goes to prove, Bill, it's on a different agenda. And, you know, you got different people in the uh, in the in the war room knowledge room of, of, of having different influences and um, you know we should definitely have you know a little more uniformity here and everything else and see what happens but uh, now I think that uh, you know there should be rematches and there should be the rematch clause and there should be rematches that is automatically going to be said, signed, sealed, and delivered for the next fight. Wait a minute. They, this is a different situation. To have a rematch, yeah. to have a rematch is okay. I don't think yeah. that's what Coach is saying here. No. I, I, to, to have a rematch or even have a rematch clause in a contract. See, this is the other stupid thing. When you see a champion not put a rematch clause in their contract, that's stupidity. And it's also them thinking that they're never going to lose the fight, so why put the line in the contract? But the, but the issue here um, with with the WBC ordering the rematch, that is the issue I believe That's Coach it. has. There's no reason to order a rematch um, you know, unless there was an issue, unless there was a controversy or something. You know, if there's no rematch clause in the contract and uh, you know the guy loses – the, the fighter who wins doesn't have to give him a rematch. End of story. Well, I, I mean, yeah. That, well, and that's a good point that Coach makes because, you know, you got you to say, well, well, I guess the sanctioning body's not really happy that, that their A-side fighter lost the fight, and now they, they have to turn it over to the B-side fighter who, who is welcome to the, to the organization, owns a title now, and, and but, you know, we're used to working with the other guys. And uh, the other guy needs a rematch to regain that title. I mean, it's, it's so biased. It's so blatant. And, uh, no, Coach Coach hit it right on there. I mean, that unfortunately, you know, those are the powers that may be. It may be, may be right, may be wrong, but they're, they're right there. Yep. No, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, rematches, I love them. But, Me too. You know, he especially says. When especially when it's three matches. Right. Um, he says, then, after turning a blind eye to the bird-brained WBC prodigal son favored Canelo Alvarez, his first fight with a draw with Triple G, then follow up with a controversial majority decision after which there was no rematch third fight called, even after Triple G promoted Tom Laughley requested one. Um he says, keep in mind, Triple G was the champion going into the first fight. The always fair and balanced, totally unbiased beat WBC ch chose not to grant uh, Lafleur his request. And in a strange move, called for Glockman to earn the third fight by beating PV PBC fighter Jamal Charlo. What? Huh? What do I smell Al Heyman in here? I never thought I would say this, but maybe we need another belt. Maybe DAZN... And WBSS, World Boxing uh, Super Series, could get another get together and create a new sanctioning body and clean up the whole championship Probably mess. Happened, What's your Bill. thoughts? Um, and then he says, uh, "Sorry, I got to say it. You just have to love boxing's new entertainment mode uh, now, giving us exhibition bout knockouts." 
Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with Coach on this one. I, I'm, I'm very anti-adding another sanctioning belt, but I love the World Boxing Super Series. Um, I love the fact that, you know, the guys uh, fight the guy who wins and then the two winners fight each other and then the, those winners fight each other, etc. And they put their belts on the line. You know, the sad part of the World Boxing Super Series is the majority of the fighters are non-American, which really shows you that the American fighters have become cherry pickers. Um, but in this particular case, and, and his point about the zone is the zone is making the big fights. Uh, they are trying to, uh, you know, get the best fighters uh, to fight each other. So in this case, I agree with Coach. As much as I don't want to see any more belts in the, in the mix, Sal, I agree with Coach that if the World Boxing Super Series teamed up with their current, you know, form of their tournament, and they teamed up with the Zone and and aired them exclusively on the Zone Network. Uh, and we crown champions like that and then recognize them as the w w champion of the world, I would support that 100%. Now, the Ring Magazine used to be like that. The guy Ring who had to... Like well, it's not anymore. Ever since Golden Boy bought it, you know, they... Remember, they still um, gave Canelo that belt. You know, they still gave Tyson Fury... They let him keep it, you know. Um, so... I, 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 I don't know. A, a new belt that would be the guy who beat the guy, only one champion. I support that. Your thoughts, please. Yes, I, I believe me. If the World Super Series would have a title belt or so, and they promote it as, hey, we are the sanctioned body. We're the best fight the best. And, you know, we don't have the cherry pickers. I think I think it would catch on like wildfire. Fire. And, uh, you know, the, yeah, long are the days that are gone when you had uh, – uh, Randy Gordon, who was the editor-in-chief of Ring Magazine. And, and uh, who else was the news guy that was so so big? He, I think he just passed away. Burt Sugar was... Burt Sugar, uh, Sugar. Yep. Sugar, Randy yep. Gordon. I mean, those are the days of some great, great publications of the Ring Magazine with the credibility being, hey, what you see is what you get. And it was bona fide. It was a by. They used to promote it. The Ring Magazine was the Bible of boxing, like the Ring Book. I still get the Ring Book. It's about a, a half inch, a half a foot thick. Yeah, when was the last time you got that one? When my name was in it. Exactly. I was going to say, because I got the last ones they published, and it's been uh, quite a while, Sal. So, uh, you know. You bet. Yeah, listen. Listen, what did you watch? What did you did you did you watch PBC? I you either watched PBC last night and, and got sucked into all their BS, or you might have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. I don't know, you know. But uh, uh, in any event, a couple of big fights coming up next weekend. So mark these down, Sal. Right, um, yeah. Um, uh, on uh, Saturday, we got uh, on ESPN Oscar Valdez. And Carmine uh, Tomasoni uh, will be fighting for uh, Valdez's uh, WBO featherweight title. In case you've never seen Oscar Valdez fight, very exciting fighter. Young kid, uh, very, uh, uh, very exciting to watch. This, this uh, ought to be a, a good one. And also on that card uh, is uh, Richard Comney going up against uh, Isa Chaniov uh, for the uh, IBF uh, lightweight title that uh, Comney has. Richard Comney is, is a... Uh, uh, a, a feel-good story, a guy that 
uh, really wasn't given any gifts, worked his way uh, to a title shot and won it. Uh, so uh, two fights on ESPN um, that uh, are worth it. And then over on ESPN Plus, a fight that, uh, you know, I was wondering if it was still even going to take place. Um, and, and it very well may not be taking place. I just happened to have seen it on the schedule. I thought that Sergey Kovalev got injured or... Uh, uh, has a no it wasn't an injury it was a I think he beat up a woman or some crazy thing like that so I, I don't know if the fight was still going on but as of now from what I understand the rematch between uh, Elder Alvarez and Sergi Kovalev Alvarez won the WBO light heavyweight title from Kovalev uh, in his last fight that will be over on ESPN plus but it doesn't start here on the east coast until midnight so uh, that might work out well for you, Sal, because that's about the time you're shutting the ovens off, and uh, yes, you, you know, know you'll be <laughs> you'll be. I got out at one o'clock last night, yeah. and uh, didn't get home till about two thirty. Well, so uh, that's what's going on next week. So we got some uh, good fights. Uh, my initial thoughts on Kovalev uh, Alvarez, Sergey Kovalev just does not have that persona anymore. Um, you know, he showed us, uh, I, I thought he quit in the, uh, ward fight. Uh, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of, well, I've gotten a lot of feedback from fans who, who tell me I'm wrong, that it was all the low blows and granted, I'm, that was never a big Andre Ward fan. I still am not a Andre Ward fan. I think he was uh, a talented fighter, but, uh, put himself a little too high on a pedestal. Uh, and he did fight everyone when he was in the super six tournament, uh, but uh, I thought we would have seen more from him, um, you know, as his career went on. But he definitely tamed Kovalev uh, in both of the fights. Kovalev's never been the same, uh, can beat up the lower echelon fighters, but when he gets in there with, uh, a, a, you know, an A-list fighter, uh, he doesn't do as well. Alvarez earned his shot, waited patiently for um, his shot against uh, Adana Stevenson, which never came. And then finally got his uh, shot against Kovalev. Uh, so hopefully the winner of this fight can go and fight Dmitry Bivol. Uh, the light heavyweight division could be a very, very exciting division if these guys are willing to fight each other, Sal. Oh, well, we, we know that. And, and I'll tell you what. Light heavyweights have always, always been a very attractive division to keep your eyes on and watch. We haven't had, you know, since Andre Ward. And Kovalev, I haven't really, really had the reason to really pay too much more attention to it because those were the biggest fights that we saw. The rematch and the first fight, which I still thought that Kovalev did win, which is why they had a rematch. But in that rematch, I'll tell you what, as you so clearly put it, Kovalev was tamed by Andre Ward once and for all. Yeah, well, the persona, you know, it's the same thing that happened to, to my man Mike Tyson. You know, once he once lost, once he yeah. lost, and he lost to a bum. Make no disrespect to Buster Douglas, but Buster Douglas was a bum. I, I mean, and, 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 and Buster and, Douglas came in that fight as the B side. Buster Douglas was supposed to be a game opponent, but Buster Douglas saw his opportunity to grab the brass ring and said, "Guess what? This is my night. Don't tell me anything about it. Uh, uh, this is my night, Charlie." Well, <laughs> you well, know, you know it, I, 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 sh I just want to correct that buster douglas was not a bum i i don't no, mean it i don't mean it i don't mean it i don't no he wasn't a bum i don't no. mean i didn't mean to refer to him as a bum like like jerrell miller he's a bum 
you know, but Buster Douglas wasn't a bum, but he certainly wasn't talented. Although that well, I night, I wouldn't even say he wasn't talented because obviously he he had more talent than 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 uh, uh, Mike Tyson figured on uh, having to deal with. Wait, wait, you just you just said the key thing more than Mike Tyson figured on having to deal with because Buster Douglas up to that fight, and I watched him fight several times um, before that fight. He was not that good. He was slow, methodical, fat. He had a good jab. Uh, his fight with Orland, I believe it was Orland Norris, was one of the most boring fights I ever watched. And, and um, you know, the thing is, is that night, when you when you added it to the fact that Tyson didn't train, he was out, um, I'm not going to say that he was snorting cocaine, but he he, he really liked the smell of it. I, I know that. So, you know, I, and, and with all the women in, in, in Japan, I mean, all that stuff, he didn't train. He was taking Buster Douglas lightly. He was partying all night. Didn't train. Didn't sleep. You know all that stuff. Chinese women or Japanese women all over him. Um, and Buster Douglas got up for that fight. That was the one fight that he took seriously. He just had lost his mom, and and he had so much to fight for, and he put it to Mike Tyson that night. And there's no question about it. Even though I thought that he got the extra long count when Tyson dropped him, but that's besides the point. The truth of the matter is, is that um, he won. And after that fight, everyone that stepped in the ring with Mike Tyson didn't have that, well, I like to refer to it as the Michael Spinks look on their face when they were dragging him out to the ring. <laughs> they looked like he was being led to a pack of starving lions uh, that night. But, um, you know, you know, um, I'll never forget the look on his face. No, ever. That, that, he was that, into his that was that that look is etched in my mind. I can I can me see too, it now. I can see I, it now. I, I mean, I just brought it up in my mind. It's me too. And and you know that night, Michael Spinks literally was being dragged out, and he did not. He knew that he was going down, and you know I thought it was going to last a little longer, but uh, but anyway, after the Buster Douglas fight. Mike Tyson's aurora was gone, and people uh, fared against him much better. Well, the same thing with Sergey Kovalev. Uh, the you know crusher uh, was crushed twice, theoretically, and uh, crush no more. I no more crusher. I be crushed. Uh, but uh, Elder Alvarez, uh, Sergey Kovalev rematch uh, next week, so we'll be chatting about that. Uh, so we and and then the following week, there's some good fights. So I mean. Listen, boxing has some great fights coming on. Yeah. My only wish with the sport of boxing right now, it'll never get to the way I wish it would, but I like the direction we're going, except I would like one little change, and that little change is the top guys, the guys that have belts, because we, we, we can't be like the PBC and Fox and say champion of the world. That, that statement can only be reserved for a unified champion, a champion that has, and I say, and when I say unified, I mean fully unified, not one that has two, because remember, a champion today could have two belts, and they're a unified champion, because they unified two, you know, even though there's two or three more, you know, uh, but a champion of the world today should be a fighter that has all of the major belts, and, and I say major, I would like to count the top five. The top five, WBC, uh, WBA, WBO, IBF, and I like to throw the IBO in there. I actually think the IBO 
is uh, is up there. So, uh, you know, if somebody had those top five, or even I'd take four of those five and call them the champion of the world. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, that that's that's the only thing I hope. That, well, that's the only thing I hope for, Sal. That the champions, well, yeah, the belt, the, well, the, you know, the, the, what, what I'm saying is the belt holders to fight each other and not duck each other because that seems to be the pattern in uh, boxing for, for, you know, in today's, today's world of boxing. Well, and that's the whole thing, Bill. I mean, belts, you and, you and John classified it when I made my comeback and, and I said, hey, you know, before my shoulder injury, you know, my, my, my fight, uh, uh, coming back in the ring a couple of years ago, you know, I told you guys I wanted to be here for the long run. I wanted to fight for the championship. I wanted to go for the welterweight title. I wanted, I wanted my the rebirth of my career. All right, a torn rotator cuff before that fight took place ended that dream. But the bottom line is, I thought that getting a belt was still when I left in the eighties, you know, the coveted prize. Well, when you see all the sanctioning bodies and all the belts that they they came out with, each I mean, you guys told me they're right there. There's about eighty to hundred belts out there, and you know everybody recognizes themselves as the best belt or what? You got the interim champion, the linear champion. You got the world. You got the junior. You got it's it's unbelievable. All the name in the name of the sport of boxing. You got you know as Ray Mancini often said. You got one world. There should only be one belt, one championship belt. And I agree with that. And it, it is disheartening. And people will come to me every day. We talk boxing every day. In all due respect, I wasn't taking the name. And <laughs> we, we I put that in there. That's disclosure. And uh, we, we talk boxing. People say, Sal, what happened to boxing? I, I start out with that. I start out with, you know, the evolution of boxing. It was, it was managed well when it had the, WBC, the WBA, the unifications, okay, the IBF crept in there, IBF gelled very well, it was a nice enhancement to have three sizing bodies, but then with all the evolution, the belts and everything else, the shorting, you know what also killed it, the way we loved it, I don't care what you say, they should still have the championship rounds, 13, 14, and 15, that or, that will always be the championship round where fights can be made or broken in those last three rounds. How does anyway. a fighter? How does a fighter today, when they're fighting a four or six round fight, and these are generally younger fighters, they're out of gas. They're out of gas by the by the fourth round. I'm watching a four round fight the other day, and the kid was out of gas. He's out of gas. They say, "Well, he's out of gas. Out of gas. He's he, of gas. He, you know he's 22 years old, and he's fighting a four round fight. You know, and then you say to you, and then just to, the reason why I mention that is because of what you're saying. The championship rounds now are 11 and 12, two rounds. We used to have three rounds as championship round. Now we can't squeeze three rounds. You can't say they're 10, 11, 12. You know, so it's 11 and 12 championship round. They're out of gas after eight. The last night they're going with the Thurman fight. He's never gone past 10 rounds before. You know, it's like he's never gone past 10 rounds. You know, and no wonder why he's running out. No wonder why he was done, really. I mean, he was, it was like the tale of two Thurmans last night. The first half of the fight, he looked brilliant. And then the second half of the fight, Second half of the fight, he looked like a track star, and he had, there was his only way to get away from from uh, Josito Lopez was to run, and then that was his defense too. He had no defense, you know, and he was and he was out of gas. I I'm telling you right now, just to close out the show, Keith Thurman, who I was one of his biggest fans, 
this guy, if if unless he fights again, like you suggest, Sal, three months from now, and then again three months from now, and he ups his level of, of competition, go for a fight like Jeff Horn, and then maybe a rematch with with uh, a guy like Danny Garcia or or Sean Porter. Um, those should be his next two fights. Uh, Jeff Horn and then, uh, you know, a Danny Garcia maybe or, or a Sean Porter. Uh, Sean Porter would be for, assuming it would be for unification. You know, and he, and he looks better, then fine. But I will tell you this. I don't think that Keith Thurman right now, if the version of Keith Thurman that we saw last night, which incidentally is the same version I saw against his fight against Danny Garcia and the previous fight against Sean Porter, was the same version I saw last night. That Keith Thurman will not beat any of the top guys in the welterweight division now, starting with 40-year-old Manny Pacquiao, would, would knock him out. He would be knocked out by Manny. He, he would have no answer for Manny Pacquiao's speed and accuracy, even at 40 years old. Errol Spence knocks him out. Um, you know, I don't even think he beats uh, Kel Brook. I, I know he can't beat Sean Porter again. I would pick Danny Garcia over him. Uh, Terrence Crawford destroys him. Even Mikey Garcia, who's never fought at, at welterweight yet, who, who he is scheduled to fight Errol Spence. Mikey Garcia beats him. And the fight that I would love to see, I've said it, I just said it again, and I'll say it even again, Jeff Horn. Because if he beats, I, I think Jeff Horn beats him. I think Jeff Horn muscles him and, and tires him out. But don't be surprised if the next fight we see is him with Manny Pacquiao because uh, Manny uh, can't get the fight that he really wants. So, Well, you know, and that's the whole thing. We said that years ago, not to be so redundant, but the only fight that Manny should have came out for and pushed was for the Mayweather rematch. And now that is possible, but you have to have two willing dance partners to make it happen. And, uh, you know, we're not going to get that so much for that. Uh, and and like, like we're saying all the time, you know, and just to reflect back on the Mike Tyson, okay, the Mike Tyson syndrome. Mike Tyson was so awesome with his knockout ability, his, his punching power, his explosive nature. And you saw this five foot ten body of uh, 200 chiseled pounds of 200 whatever muscle tearing apart and ripping through using his leverage. Any deficit he had, he used as an asset. And this guy ran through the ranks. People, Michael Spinks, they, they they saw themselves, the picture they saw themselves as being carried out of the ring. So when that bell rang, their fighters were already beaten. And I will always, always pay tribute and give, give credit to Buster Douglas for doing what he did. And I saw it, my, my buddy and I, we watched that fight in my friend's uh, uh, living room. That was uh, Leon Steinberg. We were watching that fight that night. And I said to Leon, I said, Leon, I want to bet you right now, Mike Tyson's going to lose this fight. I saw it in the way that, that both mannerisms. Mike Tyson came in, his corner was all uncoordinated. He looked like it, it, something was in the air that he was still looking for. And Buster Douglas was focused. He had the chance of a lifetime to rise to the occasion. And that's why I say any given night, a fighter could win a fight, whatever the heck. And sure enough, what he did that night, he rose to the occasion. For whatever motivation he had, he had his one and only shot, and he shocked the world that night when he knocked down Mike Tyson. And I give him all the credit in the world. And after that fight, everybody came out of the woodwork. The, the invincible Iron Mike was exposed to be human being. 
He's not he's not made of of iron. He's not made the guy bleeds, the guy does this. I can beat him. I can knock him out. And that was it. That's what happens with these big fighters. Now, Keith Thurman is probably going to have more fighting opportunities with across the board because everyone's going to say, I want to fight him. I want to fight him. They've been saying that. Listen, everybody's been saying they want to fight Thurman. Thurman, listen, they obviously know. Thurman made some bucks. I just think maybe maybe the desire's not there. His attitude, he actually, did you see him doing the face? He was pulling a Sugar Ray uh, Leonard last night. The guy just... Listen, he's a talented fighter, but he's not an upper. At least the version we saw last night and the version we saw in his last two fights that were, you know, 15, 16 years ago. I mean, uh, this guy is just not the same fighter. They're talking in the chat room about Manny Pacquiao possibly fighting Sean Porter. That's a terrible fight for Pacquiao, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, and well, well, I'll tell you why it's a terrible fight. Manny Pacquiao. Uh, as much credit as you want to give him for for still being competitive at 40, he's still 40. And the one big weakness that Manny Pacquiao has is when he sees his own blood, he kind of goes into a shell. He becomes a totally different fighter. And you're going to see your own blood with Sean Porter because he headbutts everybody so much. Not intentionally, but it just happens. The style of fighter, he comes in, he's moving his head, he's coming in at you, trying to get into your chest. Um, bad fight for, for Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao has one fight left, in my opinion. That's a rematch with Floyd. If that doesn't happen, Manny Pacquiao doesn't need to fight any of these guys. Although, if he's looking for a huge payday and he wants to fight an, another fighter, uh, Keith Thurman was calling him out last night. I would accept. If if he can't sign a deal with uh, with Fayweather, then I would definitely fight Thurman because I think Manny Pacquiao beats Keith Thurman, at least the version we saw last night. If they can sign the fight uh, relatively quickly, uh, I would do it. But uh, keep an eye on uh, 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 these guys and uh, that fought last night. Adam Kaznacki, uh, a heavyweight that I would love to see. Uh, beat the snot out of that big fat fraud, Jarrell Miller. Uh, you know, King Tut, another young fighter uh, in a featherweight eliminator. Uh, he beat uh, Moraro. Even though I thought Claudio Moraro, the fight was a little closer, I would have accepted 114, 113 across the board. The one score of 116, 111. Eh, I don't know about, not too sure about that. Uh, one of the most exciting fights I've seen in a while, definitely this year, uh, Jaime Mungaya. Uh, is a kid that I, I enjoy watching. I'm glad that... Now, here's a guy that's been busy. This kid's been fighting every three months, um, and I think that he's cashing in on it. The fact that he's he's out there, now you know people know who he is. When he won the title, nobody knew who he was. Uh, he's starting to get uh, uh, some recognition. And by the way, uh, you know, by fighting uh, Inoue, uh, Takashi Inoue, that was a tough fight. It was a, That was a... You know, it, it was an indication that he's not looking to get easy layup fights. Uh, he certainly didn't get an easy layup fight. And if you've missed that one, make sure you watch that. Um, Zhu Chan is another one uh, to keep an eye on. So uh, we got uh, we got some good young fighters to keep an eye on uh, as uh, as boxing is is turning the corner. Uh, I just hope that the PBC uh, starts uh, letting their fighters fight real fights. And uh, this way they won't get exposed because most of those PBC fighters, in my opinion, are uh, 100% overrated and uh, most of them are frauds. That's my opinion. You know, you got to fight. Listen, you got to fight real fights before you're a champion. Then 
you are a legit champ. You can't be hand-fed cupcake after cupcake after cupcake and then all of a sudden lose and then have your your sanctioning bodies who, who's in your back pocket order a rematch uh, even though it wasn't in your club. I mean, come on, come on. Any final thoughts, Sal, Rocky, Senecola? No, I, I think we uh, we covered the whole spectrum in these uh, almost two hours. And, and uh, I, I, I tell you, though, I, I love uh, talking boxing with you. It's a pleasure, Bill. It's a little trip down memory lane, and also we have our graphs on the uh, the new years coming along. So I think this year, you and I were saying back in 2015, what's what it's going to take to get boxing back on. And I think after the end of 2016, we said that was a pretty damn good year. Let's see what 17 does. 17 was a better year. Let's see what 18 does. 18 was a great year. And guess what? This year is going to shape up to be a very good year. So boxing has always been here. It's always going to stay here. And what we need to see are the fighters that want to fight each other and not do the tap dance around each other. The top fighters need... Listen, what bothers me... And I'm off topic now because I'm supposed to be signing know, off. But, but you, you know, you did it to me, okay? I you did, did it to it. me. You know, and, 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 you know, what you know, bothers me... These fighters, <laughs> yeah. These fighters, you know, they pound their chest and and they they say they're the best and they don't fight the top. What what we need in this sport, and and it's a shame because you know I understand it. I I've, I've been in this business, the business of boxing, for a long long time, and you know promoting fighters and all that stuff. The truth of the matter is, is that when fighters, they they need to make the most money as fast as they can. So in their defense, they're looking to try to stay on top to make the money. Um, yeah. And I get it. But at some point in time, the loyalty to the sport has to come into play. And the loyalty to the sport of boxing means that we should have the best fighting the best. If you're going to pound your chest and say you're the best Show me that you beat some of the other guys that are pounding their chest and saying they're the best in your same weight class. You know, you can't create or blame a fighter for not fighting tough fights because the fighters themselves are not available during the era in which the fighter fights. But you can blame a fighter that does not fight a fighter that's parallel to him or her during his or her era um, uh, you know, when they have the opportunity. That you blame, a la, you know, Wilder not fighting Anthony Joshua. Or, you know, uh, well, that fight, you know, that fight's not going to happen because the WBC ordered uh, the rematch with Tyson Fury, which I like. But here's the bad part about that. Now, how, what do you think the WBC, you think that they, you, you think that they would take some, uh, you know, a step aside money, uh, offered to, to Tyson Fury to let Deontay Wilder fight another fight and then have that fight? I, I wouldn't be surprised. They're ordering it. They also, I think in, in early February, if an agreement isn't made, it goes to Perspid. I hope, and and uh, I hope that uh, Mr. Suleiman is, is watching this show. He's been on. we got to get him back on anyway. But uh, I hope that Mauricio is watching this show, and I say this to you, to Mauricio, do not step back force them to have the rematch because if they if the WBC lets uh Deontay Wilder fight another one of his typical bums 
uh, typical slugs, cupcakes, just to get another payday, to try to make up for what was already on the table. Uh, from it. Just remember that, Batman. Remember that he turned down a three-fight deal worth $25 million to fight Anthony Joshua. If you recall, they were going to give him $5 million to fight whoever he wanted. Any cupcake he desired to, to risk becoming a diabetic over, they were going to give him $5 million for it. And then they had a home-and-away deal in place to fight Deontay Wilder, where he would have walked away with $10 million each. It was a three-fight, $25 million deal. I ask you this, how much money has Deontay Wilder made since he turned down that offer? He fought Ortiz in a great fight. Uh, he made, what did he make for that fight? It was under $3 million. And he fought Tyson Fury. That we've yet to hear any figures. I've yet to hear any figures what they made no, in that fight. And let's even say that he made 10. Let's say he made 10. Uh, his next, which I don't think he did. I think he made five. So, you know, maybe five. Uh, somewhere along the line, some there was some rumor that, that he was going to walk away with five or, or, or something like that. So let's just say that in, in his last two fights, he made $10 million for two fights. He's still $15 million short. And, and the guarantee was whether he won or lost. He would have had to have won the, the, the layup fight that he picked for $5 million. But he would have been guaranteed two fights against AJ. Win or lose. $25 million over three fights. If it's all about the money, why are you turning it down? How many more fights is Deontay Wilder going to have to make, uh, take and win before he makes another $15 million? He's not making it in a rematch. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he makes it in a rematch, Sal. I don't know. I don't know, but it, it's pretty clear to me. But uh, anyway, enough, enough of... Uh, Enough of that. Thanks. Thanks for now. I got to take a blood pressure pill. But uh, but <laughs> is right. I, I'm gonna have to. Uh, anyway, hey, listen, boys and girls, it was great, and uh, it was good to have Sal uh, with us for uh, uh, the whole time uh, because uh, I will let you all, let you all in on a little secret. He barely made it on time. Uh, just before we were going on air, uh, his his, ca his camera popped on. Uh, so that was that. But listen, make sure. You tune in next time. Same bat channel, same bat time. Why do I always why I've been mixing that since we've been on Ginico. Yeah, since we've been on Ginico TV, I haven't uh, haven't gotten that right. But let's let's do it again because uh, I want to I want to get it right. I wants to get it right. Uh, make sure you tune tune in the same bat time, same bat channel next time. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.